Shawty, what's up with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. She know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Lovecast. It's been a while since we've done one together, Jordan, but we're here. Um, this is going to be a very NBA-heavy episode. We're going to be doing an NBA name game, and then we're going to be talking about NBA storylines going into the season, and then we're going to do some NBA bold predictions. So it's going to be a fun episode, um, an episode to get us ready for the NBA season, I feel like, and I'm ready. I'm excited to go. Um, yeah, NBA, NBA is coming up quickly. I'm super excited. Week. Yeah, next week it's going to be awesome. Let's 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 get into it. Let's do some NBA talk. It's been a while. It's been a long while. So yeah, so NBA name name game. What this is is we're going to play a little game of just talking about players that um let's say not the average fan. It's like the even the like above average fans don't know most of these guys. Um they're like what I like to call like Twitter legends. Um a lot of these guys are going to be huge on Twitter, so yeah, we're just going to be throwing out some fun names that we think are going to be um, important players on their team and are going to make a little bit of a step this year. So, Jordan, do you do you want to go first for this? Yeah, I'll start. I don't have um, like super crazy names like Twitter legends, um, but I do have some lesser known guys. Uh, I'm going to start off with Moses Moody for the Warriors. He uh, he just led the summer league in points per game. Um, Warriors are like phenomenal at developing young players. We've seen it time and time again. Uh, Eric Pascal made a rook, made an all rookie team with them. Obviously Jordan Poole with his breakout last year. Um, and James Wiseman showed some flashes before injury. So the Warriors are known for having good players. It's a great place for young players to play. And Moody, like we saw last year, he's super tough and gritty on defense. Uh, he's solid built. Um, and I think if he develops his offense, which I think he showed he did this summer league, I think he's going to have a key role off the bench this year. I think this might be a, a huge breakout year for him. Yeah, that's I. That's a really good pick. And especially with um, the contract situation coming up that the Warriors are in, they have to either get rid of Andrew Wiggins, Draymond, or Poole and say that for whatever reason they keep Draymond and get rid of one of those wings, Moses Moody is going to be primed to step up and take that spot over. So this that's a really great pick by Jordan. Um, I think like you're definitely going to hear more about him, and especially because the Warriors play in so many primetime games, and Steph's going to get rest. Um, and basically, we know the Warriors are kind of a, a postseason-focused team, not really a regular season-focused team. So Moody's going to get a lot of run, and I think he's going to be really successful. My first pick is a guy by the name of Casey Akpala out of, out of San Antonio, not San Antonio, Sacramento. Um, so he was a second round draft pick in 2019 by the Suns. He was drafted out of Stanford and he was traded to the Heat on draft night. And then in 2022, he was traded to OKC and then waived and the Kings got him. Um, he plays for Team Nigeria, who the coach of the Kings, Mike Brown, is the coach of Team Nigeria. And I've been reading a lot of articles and listening to a lot of podcasts and everyone's talking about this guy, Casey Akpala. So the other night um, I went and I watched some Sacramento Kings and I get the hype. He's a six, eight lengthy defender. He's really, really solid, really athletic. And basically what this Kings team is doing is they're just going to sacrifice all their defense for offense. Um, they have Sabonis, they have De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes. Those guys aren't notorious defenders. Casey Akpala is going to be the key to the success of the Kings because they're going to be able to score a million points and they're not going to be able to defend except for KZ. He's going to be like defending the best player. Um, in the broadcast, when I was listening, 
uh, the other night, they were saying like Mike Brown wants him to be like they said defensive player of the year. That's not going to fucking happen. But that's much that's a little much. But if he he can definitely make like a defense an NBA all NBA defense team something like that. He's going to be a really big defensive player and a and a name that people are going to know a lot more about. Um, he's just been like hidden away on the Kings, and he was in a really deep you know Miami Heat team that drafts well. They took a chance on him, and I think. Um, he's going to be someone that you need to look out for because he's going to be really solid and he's really, really fun to watch. Yeah, I think the Kings are going to be kind of like a, a play-in type team, like have a shot at the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they'll, they'll need someone to step up for them uh, if they want to, you know, get in and, and get over the top, get over the hump that they've been trying to get over. Um, yeah, he's he's a freak athlete. I've seen him a little bit. Uh, okay, my next guy, not a crazy name again. Um, but Josh Green on the Mavs, I think, is is poised yeah. for a big year. He's um he's six five, six ten wingspan. He's a phenomenal defender. Um, he's gonna you know be able to help Luca, you know, in the backcourt. Luca obviously biggest weakness is defense. Josh Green can make up for some of that. Um, Mavs are looking to be contenders this year. They're looking to take that next step. Josh Green also shot thirty six percent from three last year. It's not bad. If he can improve on that, um, that's gonna make him a really important piece for this Mavs team. Um, because they really need defense. Like when you have Luca in, you know, he's that do it all weapon on offense. Now you have um, who they just signed Christian Wood. Uh, Christian Wood. Yeah. 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 Christian Wood. So like they have their offense um, pretty much figured out what they need is defenders. I think Josh Green can be that guy. And if he's able to space the floor a little bit better, I think he's going to have a big year. Yeah. He, a three and D player is perfect for the heliocentrism that is the Dallas, Dallas Mavericks. Um, Luca just is going to hold on to the ball. Everyone's going to revolve around him. And if you can sit in the corner and hit threes and then play good defense to make up for Luca's lack of defense on the defensive end, you're going to be good. Um, oh, Butsy's Butsy's going to join us. Let's see if he has any of these, any, uh, any names. Welcome Butsy. We're playing the, we're, we're playing the NBA name game. Do you have any names for us, Butts? Uh, well, first let me tell you something about Bailey Zappi and Cooper Rush. I mean, nope. NBA name game. <laughs> I mean, these guys are fucking legit. Uh, NBA name game. Uh, nah, he's got nothing. He's got nothing. Got All right, not not off the top of the head. Let me just. I just, I just like ate five chicken tenders that I waited a half hour for at the at the stag, and they were not worth it. Um, kind of sucks. So let me just get my brain right for like two seconds, and then I'll yeah. be ready to go. Just yeah. No, listen, listen to our NBA name game, and you you come up with a bold prediction for next second. Yeah, come up with a bold prediction. Do the homework you're supposed to do. All right. <laughs> um, my next player, and you guys already gave me shit for this, but I pulled up some some uh, backup. Oh, corner. my God. I know what you're Sam Hauser. I know who you're going to say. Yeah, Sam Hauser. He is all over Celtics Twitter. They love him. And Butsy. Okay. Celtics mail. Uh, I'm going to pull up three articles. NBCSports.com. Celtics mailbag. Could Sam Hauser be Celtics' biggest surprise? Um, Could. Counterandchampions.com. Sam Hauser is lights out. Celtics have a sharpshooter on the rise. Um, Hardwoodhoudini.com. Sam Hauser is for real. Time for the Boston Celtics to give him a bigger role. He's going to be important for this team. I know you guys don't believe in watching preseason, and it doesn't really mean that much, but shooting translates. That's a thing that translates to anything. And this guy has touch. Um, a little bit about us about Sam Hauser. He was drafted out of Virginia. He's an elite shooter. He's six foot seven. And he can be if he can be hidden defensively, which he can be that can be done by the Celtics because they're so good defensively. He's going to be an asset for them. 
Um, he shoots a 43, 43.2% career three point percentage. And essentially when the Celtics get extremely stagnant and can't score, he's just going to get buckets for you. And he does it with ease and he can shoot over a good amount of people. But see, why are you raising your hand? Sorry, uh, maybe because my roommate's a DJ and he's spinning tracks outside, so I don't know if you can hear that. So yeah, I, hope not. I was just going to ask you, your roommate a DJ, is he spinning tracks? Yeah, he is. Uh, um, but anyways, you say that Sam Hauser, like when the Celtics get stagnant, he's just going to get buckets. That dude cannot create his own offense at all. Yeah, he's but you're a catch and shoot guy. But you dude, have what, no- the, the whole the whole purpose of a stagnant offense and how to get out of a stagnant offense is have someone create it. Sam Hauser is going to rely on other people creating offense for him. And you have that other guy, Malcolm offense. Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon is a great facilitator. He's been getting like nine assists a game in every preseason game he's played. So Jordan, uh, Jordan, does averaging nine assists in the preseason does that does that does that factor into the regular season? Hey, is that a takeaway. I listen. I'm not. I'm just staying out of your little feud that you have going on. I want to say. I want to ask Max a question. I just went through our roster. Mm-hmm. I counted ten guys that are just flat out better than Sam Hauser. I'm. He's getting I'm, time. I'm telling is you. he going to be a factor in the in the playoffs? Are we going to see Sam Hauser play meaningful minutes? Okay, is Moses Moody going to be a factor in the playoffs? I think he is. That, okay, that, yes. Well, Casey, yes. we're doing an MAA name game for the regular season of names that are going to pop off. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Max, yeah. Max, your argument, your argument yesterday about why Sam Hauser's like you were like he got playoff minutes. Yeah, when we were that was up not my full forty-five because he's an elite shooter. He's gonna and get then minutes for us. Moses Moody actually played like meaningful. We don't have any bigs minutes. No, no I think I think Hauser will play meaningful minutes in the regular season. Um, my whole thing is I I felt like you were making it out to be like he was gonna be like a eighth eighth guy. No, the NBA name game is these are names that no one else knows that you're gonna know this year, and you're gonna know Sam Hauser's name because he's gonna get minutes for the Celtics, and that's just a fact. Um, we are weak at. The, the at the big um, position, Horford's going to need rest. Robert Williams isn't coming back for a while. Um, Grant Williams is a big that we have. Gallo's out. Like, unless you want to rely solely on Noah Vonley, like they're going to need some shooting. So you're right. going to see Sam Hauser play basketball. I'll I'll allow it. That that take is allowed. Go on Celtics Twitter. Go on Celtics Twitter, and you guys are going to see. Give, give us a name, butts. Um. So is. Tyler Everyone, Hero. I think, here will know this name. Uh, his name's LeBron. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm going to go Herb Jones. Oh, come on. Come on, dude. What do You You might as well pick LeBron. Everyone knows who the fuck Herb Jones is. I know, but I think he's going to have an unreal season. Uh, defensively, he is arguably a top 10 defender in the league. Uh, long, athletic, had a great season last year for the Pels. This Pels team is going to be hungry all season. I think their identity is going to be... Uh, playing hard and playing fast, I think he's going to be a huge, huge, huge key piece in that for the season. My little piece on Herb I, Jones. I, and I, his name's Herb. I disagree. So. Yeah, no, Herb. Herb's the man. We talked about him a lot last year. Uh, my third one, again, everyone knows his name, but he really hasn't um, done a whole lot. I'm going with DeAndre Hunter. It's a contract year for him. I love DeAndre uh, Hunter. He has shown flashes, but he just hasn't had a ton of production. Uh, he has all the size and athleticism to become, you know, the two-way player that the Hawks need. And let me tell you, that team needs defense. Same thing um, I just said about Josh Green with the Mavs. When you have someone like Trey Young, um, someone like Luca, you need defenders to go with them. I think DeAndre Hunter can really break out this year, um, become a, a two-way force and elevate this team. 
Um, you know, like if if DeAndre Hunter breaks out and becomes kind of the the player he was drafted to be, I think this this team could definitely be a top five, top four seed. You know what his breakouts are? Every time he plays the fucking Celtics, he kills us. That's those are his breakouts games. Every time <laughs> at the Garden, every time he just he like puts up twenty on our heads. I really like DeAndre Hunter. He's like an elite defender and a really solid offensive player. And he just has been on a really weirdly deep for his position Hawks team, but like an underachieving Hawks team, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like um, getting rid of Cam Reddish was good because it opened up some spots for him. And uh, what was his name? Kevin Knox or whatever. I mean, not that he was playing that much, but it was just, there was just a lot of crust on that sandwich. So they cut it off. Um, I'm excited to see how DeAndre Hunt, Hunter works. And like you said, it's a contract year. So that's when a lot of guys shine. Um, my next player is basically along the lines of a play of like players Jordan's been picking. I'm sure most of you guys know this, and I've actually talked about him before, but Sadiq Bay. Um, Sadiq Bay drafted second round in 2020 out of Villanova by Detroit. He had an amazing rookie season. He shot the lights out of the ball, very solid defender. Um, he shot 38% from three as a rookie. Last season he came back down to earth a little bit and was shooting 34.6% from three, but he averaged 16.1 points per game. One of the main reasons I'm highlighting him is the Pistons sent him home because he wouldn't leave the gym. They they told him to go get a hobby, and his new hobby is running at altitude and conditioning in, like, the mountains. He went, I think he went up west, like, in the northwest and was just really conditioning. He's going to be so conditioned for the season when a lot of guys aren't. And he's also, he's got that willingness to work, and the Pistons are going to rely on him pretty heavily. The Pistons really want need a piece like him if they're going to start making a push towards the playoffs eventually. Um, I think they're still about a year or two away, but they have a really solid team playing with Cade is going to make his life easier. If he can just hit that catch and shoot three, like he did before, he's going to be awesome. Um, and he's already got the willingness to work. So if anyone's going to do it, it's definitely going to be him. And the Pistons are going to rely on him heavily for his defense and his just great shooting. So I'm excited to see what he does. I have a question. Um, yeah. What's up, buds? Are we allowed to take rookies? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go Benedict Matherin of oh, the Pacers. Um, he has looked, I know preseason to me doesn't mean much, um, but he has looked like a bona fide score. Uh, he's been scoring the ball at ease. He looks very, very fluid on the floor. Um, and that's one of the things that I think you can pick up on in preseason is how guys look on the floor. If they're aware, if they're composed and, and making good decisions and Benedict has checked all those boxes. They played the Kings, I believe yesterday. It was the Knicks. Up 27. Sorry, the Knicks. Yeah, they beat the Knicks 109 to 100. Uh, Benedict's played 30 minutes off the bench with 27 points, four boards, and an assist on eight of 13 shooting, 11 of 12 from the line. He did foul out, though, so that kind of sucks. He won that game but, for them. I know. He he has looked really good all season, or all preseason so far. Um, I know the Pacers are nowhere really near to being a playoff team right now at the moment. Um, they're kind of scrapping for everything at the moment, but Benedict, I think, is going to be unbelievable this year. I loved him coming out of college. I think the Pacers got a phenomenal uh, player in Benedict, and I'm so excited to watch him this year. Yeah, dude, the Pacers got a the Pacers got a player in Ben Math, and he he like I said, he won them that game last night. The Pacers were down big for a while, and they came back. And that place, like, there was 40 people in the stands, but it was rocking. I was watching it <laughs> on like I had like a couple screens going, and dude, he was yelling screaming he was getting into it with uh nick's players like he was talking to emmanuel quickly and all that um and he was just like yeah, he's flexing. a dog he's, a, yeah. he's for sure a dog he was dunking and stuff like dude he had a sick windmill he looked like he was engaged and that's just a preseason game on like a wednesday night and he was that engaged um that's the type of player you want on your team for sure um 
so yeah, the Pacers being bad kind of leads into our next segment. We're going to be doing um, NBA storylines. So my first NBA storyline is who wins the tank race for Victor Wenbanyama. This is going to be a race like we've never seen before. Obviously, at the top of the pack is number one, the Spurs, followed closely by Utah, followed, and then Utah is followed probably next by Pacers. And then I think you have a, a, another tier of teams that I think they're going to try in the beginning for like 15 games and then realize they're really bad and then just go for, um, you know, Victor Wenbanyama. And guess what? If you miss out, Scoot Henderson is a great second option. Um, he's an absolute dog. And um, this draft is has is really, really deep. Apparently, it's going to be like a dra- the draft of the century. So people are yeah. you're going to see a tank race like never be- like never before. Um, I'm thinking in the next tier of that teams I talked about, it's going to be like Charlotte is going to be horrible. Um, I think Houston's going to try, but still be bad. And I think Orlando, same thing. And maybe, maybe Detroit gets, um, you you say OKC already. Oh yeah. OKC. That's who I was missing. OKC is on the first tier with, um, the Spurs, Utah and Indiana. Like those four are going to be terrible. Um, especially with OKC missing Chet and Shea Gil Alexander to start the season. Um, but yeah, no, I, I am really interested in seeing like how far this goes. Like I was watching the Spurs um the other night and the spurs against utah i know like when i when i'm watching an nba game if i don't know everyone on the floor i know at least like 80 percent or 90 percent. like i know nine out of the 10 players on the floor both teams had two lineups out that i did not know i didn't know at one player our buddy romeo langford who was complete dog shit for the celtics is going to be playing big minutes for the spurs and other than keldon johnson and, and my boy jeremy sohan they don't have anybody. Um, they oh, they have that big. I forget his name, but yeah, like they they're really one of the worst teams Pirtle. in the league. Yeah, Pirtle. Jakob Pirtle. I'm and- curious to see. I'm curious to see if this is gonna actually be teams like not trying, like trying to lose games, or if they're just gonna be bad teams playing bad. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I don't know what it's gonna be like, honestly. And I and I, it. It sucks because I think it's going to take away from the overall quality of the NBA. It's really going to take away from the overall quality of a lot of these games because if you have guys going out there with the intention that and the mindset that they're already trying to tank for this guy, there's going to be no motivation to play. Some guys are going to be in a contract year, so there may be some motivation there. But for the most part, no guys are really going to get up and grind if you're on a team that's already looking to tank from the start. Um, I If I had to take a guess at who is going to get the spot, I would say the Thunder. Uh, they already have a great experience of tanking, uh, and they've already kind of started the tanking process by taking out Chet and uh, Shea right. for the for the beginning half of the season. And I saw this thing yesterday on TikTok, and it was like the uh, addition of Victor Webanyama to whatever franchise he goes to is projected to increase the value of that franchise by five hundred million dollars. Yeah. Oh my God! Like <laughs> that is like the that kind of impact player we have never seen before. We've He's, never seen that type of impact player before. We, you're completely right. He is the most hyped draft prospect and the best draft prospect, no joke, since LeBron James. There has not been anyone else like him ever. He looks like a creative player, but you guys, like, I don't know how much of his gameplay you've watched or if you watched him take on Scoot Henderson at, uh, in the G League Ignite. He is the real deal. Um, I've never seen anyone handle the ball. Seven for 11 like from three at seven fucking, whatever is he, seven four? He's seven four, but he looks like he's like seven six. Like he doesn't know how tall he is. Actually, I don't think they've 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 uh, measured him in a while. But he 
handles the ball like a guard, shoots like KD, and is a blocks everything that comes near him. And he's also not to mention six inches taller. I mean, five, four to six inches taller than KD. So yeah, my con- my concern with him is two things. One, injuries. Yeah. Uh, freaks of nature like that are bound to get injured, especially when they're a little lighter like that. Uh, you know, when you put on the mass and put on the weight, it's harder to injure yourself because everything is a lot stronger. All of your tendons yeah. and whatever ACLs are, are a lot stronger. And two is is weight is going to be an issue. He's playing against a lot of these guys right now. Um, French, whatever, fucking bombs, French League, Euro League. Still great competition, but it's just not the NBA. Nothing can compare to the NBA when it comes to size. You know, he's going up against guys like Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, Rudy Gobert. And yeah, he's taller, but, you know, if he can't get low enough, uh, I think he's going to struggle. He's going to have to rely on a lot of mid-ranges. Um, Which he can hit. He can hit. And, you know, there, he, there are clips of him. Uh, I saw him when he was playing overseas. He tried to he tried to body this guy that was like six eight uh, and a lot yeah. stronger than him, and he couldn't even move him. But then he just ended up hitting a post fadeaway on the wing anyway. So it's like he always is gonna have that in his bag. But you're gonna have to put on some weight, and he's gonna have to get in the Giannis program. But you know, as we've seen, like Chet, it, it's really fucking hard to put on weight at that size. Yes, but he's also eighteen, and and also um, he. Doesn't yeah, that's play. not fair. That's 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 yeah. not fair. That's he's so fair. young. Yeah, he's so young. So he's gonna get bigger just naturally. Like that's his metabolism is gonna slow down eventually. And also, um, he is just he's literally like he's never before seen. And he's gonna he he's been playing against Rudy Gobert, who's a like obviously like an elite defender in the NBA, and he he like does really well against him. And he was doing that when he was sixteen. Um, he yeah, we need to we hopefully he doesn't get injured. Um, but he doesn't play as awkward as these normal above seven footers play. Like, like guys like Taco, um, you know, Chet looks awkward at times. I was gonna say even Chet, who's super skilled, yeah, like there's a step above with the the movement and the ball handling. It like it looks like a yeah. video game. He's truly never before seen. He he like he reminds me of like a set like a taller KD if that makes sense. It's just really weird. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's. That is uh, my first bold prediction. Okay, Jordan, what is your uh, first bold prediction? Uh, we're doing storylines, right? Oh, sorry, storylines. My bad. Story. So my first storyline is the Ben Simmons fit with Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we still haven't seen it. He's you know been on the roster for what like a year now, and and we haven't seen them all play together. Um, I think you know maybe this is a storyline people are kind of sick of hearing because it's been talked about so much. Everything about the Nets has been talked about so much, but if you think about it. Like a, a good Ben Simmons is the piece that Brooklyn needs. Mm. They need a defender and a playmaker. They have Kyrie and Katie to do the scoring. They don't need another score. If Ben Simmons can like figure it out a little bit um, and just not be a liability on offense and be able to attack the rim, um, create for others, and then you know defend, that's what they need. And I think in the East, especially when you're going up against Giannis, I, I can't think of many other guys that I'd rather have guard Giannis than Ben Simmons. So I'm interested to see if, you know, Ben can really have a big year and get this Brooklyn team over the hump. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, the biggest thing that the Nets lack, like you said, is defense. And Ben is a really good defender. That's one thing that he's always done. Um, I mean, I don't know what to expect from him at all. I haven't seen him really play. I mean, I watched him play preseason and he's still not shooting. He's not drawing fouls or anything. And they just posted this weird like commercial and he really poorly airballed. 
Um, like he's sh- yeah, that was so funny. Team. They had they had the practice outside, and yeah. uh, there was the clip of him just like taking the little quick little mid range, and it just misses yeah. literally the rim by like four inches. It's bad, but I mean, like I don't know. It's gonna be bad. I or it's not, or maybe it isn't. I don't know. It's just that's that was thing. a bad shot. Like, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if it's gonna be good or bad either. I'm saying like if if Ben is what he was with Philly and wasn't shooting and was scared to shoot in the playoffs. Like they're going to struggle, but if he improves and is, you know, the piece that they need him to be, then they're going to be ridiculously good. Yeah. That's why it's such an intriguing storyline there. And it could like him being bad too, could literally blow up this Nets team. Like (laughs) that's why it's so volatile. Um, But do you have a storyline? Yeah, I do. And this is an interesting one because I don't think, a lot of people have talked about it at all, even if anybody has talked about it. So I'm kind of creating this on my own in a sense, but it has to do with our Celtics and it's going to have to do with our cohesiveness throughout the entire season. Um, obviously, we've had stuff happen uh, with Ime in yeah. the past couple months that isn't the best. And we're bringing in the new guy um, who has been an assistant coach forever. He used to sit, didn't he used to sit behind the first row? Yeah, he didn't Wasn't even he sit a second on the row, Second row Azula. coach, yeah. But I know I'm really intrigued to see how this is going to affect us. And I don't think the Ime story is done as well. I think we're going to hear more and more stuff come out as as the NBA season goes on. So I'm really intrigued to hear uh, what is going to be is what is going to come out that, about that and how it's going to affect the Celtics. Um, so when something like that happens in an organization, especially to that magnitude, it really takes an effect on the players and uh, just just really isn't. Like we've seen with the Raiders last year with the Henry Rugg situation, they were all very like solemn and, and took a step back. Uh, let's so I, I just don't know how this is going to impact the Celtics. Yeah, uh, you know, if your mind is is not focused on basketball and everyone's focused about what your head coach did and why he's suspended for a year and oh my gosh, Boston's a bunch of fucking dirtbags. It can it can really get to guys. Um, so I, I'll be intrigued to see how the storyline develops and and how the Celtics respond to whatever news comes out about Emay in the future. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This one is really intriguing to me too. Hopefully, it comes out positive, but um, I don't yeah, think I it agree. will. To be, to be, to give my little two cents, I don't think this is going to be good. I think basketball wise, we're going to surprise people and be pretty solid. Um, I've been watching all their preseason stuff, and they see, like Blake Griffin is such an important locker room guy. Um, they're having so much fun with him. They're laughing and joking on. They the went bench. to BC. One yeah, of my, they went to BC. One they hung out with our teammates. Malone. One of Jordan and I's teammates that uh, went to BC last weekend, uh, Peyton Pritchard, was it Peyton Pritchard, Grant Williams, and Blake Griffin were just yeah. walking around BC's campus. Whoa. And then he just goes, oh my God, you're Peyton Pritchard. And he's like a fucking <laughs> senior in college. And he just had a little fanboy moment Dude, about Peyton I would Pritchard. do that. And Peyton like, Pritchard was just like, what's up? <laughs> yeah, he's cooler than ice, bro. He's like, yeah, that's so what yeah, I they do. Were, they, were, they were playing beer pong with Post. I, yeah. I do agree that Blake coming in, uh, veteran presence is something that the Celtics do need. Uh, we do have Al, but Everyone seems to like Blake Griffin, especially now that he's uh, Lana Rhodes' baby daddy. Like that's a fucking right. dog move, bringing yeah. that to this franchise. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see what he's going to bring in the locker room. I think I think that could counter any kind of negativity that could be thrown our way throughout the season. Yeah, I think that's the main reason they signed him. Um, <laughs> it has um, to be. It has to be. But yeah, no. And it's funny that you mentioned it. Like this, you may think like. Not that it blew over, but like no one's talking about it anymore in terms of the big media. Like everyone's NFL, kind of moved. it's because it's because there's football. Yeah, I really do think it's because there's football. If this was the middle of the summer without we haven't had football yet, and it's just you know late season MLB where no one really gives a shit. Like then probably people would be talking about it a lot more. But and and they did to be fair. Yeah, and then uh, you but had... now that we have football, I think everyone's focused on that. Yeah, and, and then, then you. Also... 
there's like we have to realize the Celtics have such a lack of like big egos. Like yeah, our players are so like calm, cool, collected, like to themselves, focused on basketball, focused on like like our team is close too. We have no like real beef among our players that we know about at least. Um, so it's like I'm not worried about the chemistry. I'm more worried about like not having a, a coach of the year candidate as our coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and this is crazy, but you know, Ime was an out of the blue um first year coach that brought us to the finals, which I mean, that's just not gonna happen. I don't think that's gonna happen again, but there's precedent that that is possible. So I mean, and it happened with us just last year. So not much has changed other than the coach. So it is like a possibility. Um, I I mentioned Brogdon being like the missing piece as like a little sub storyline, a subplot, if you will. Um, I've just been watching him so much and he literally just seems like the exact missing piece that the Celtics needed. Um, what we needed was a ball handler to initiate the offense when it gets stagnant, like I said, and he does just that and he can get a bucket himself if needed. And he holds up defensively. Um, I think like, I'm really interested to see how far they go with, with Brogdon. And if we get some better injury luck, then I'm really excited to see what happens. My final storyline is the Draymond green storyline. Cause this can go a little bit, a couple of different ways. Firstly, I want to know, is he done with Golden State? How does him being on the team, like how does this punch affect the team in general while he's still on the team? And if he is gone, where is he ending up? I'm hearing a lot of uh, Draymond to LA, and I'm also hearing Draymond signing signing a contract with Detroit going back home. I could see either of those things happening. Um, that, that that makes total sense, by the way. He's from yeah. Detroit. That yeah. makes like, that. that's like a, yeah, that the shoe fits. That's like the veteran presence they need. He can go home, kind of glide back into retirement. He brings that bad boy um, persona, like to get the bad boy Pistons back. Violence. Yes. Um, I don't know. The Kerr came out and said like this was the most difficult thing he's had to deal with that like in his coaching career. But yet they don't uh, suspend him. They just find him. Um, Curry says it's not a big deal. Like guys are saying it's not like the end of the world, but. That was a pretty crazy thing that happened. I don't think it is the end of the world, to be honest. Um, I if think it was Curry's anyone right. else, I think no. But Draymond is, has a history of just being hard to play with. When you've had the success that you've had as Draymond Green and when you've been in the family like for that long with the Warriors, I, I think something like that, yes, it's out of pocket. Yes, it's uncalled for. Yes, it's 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 not great. But at the end of the day, like if Jordan punched me in the face – out of nowhere, because I was razzing him. Like he, we're gonna be fine in like five days or like a week or you so, could, whatever well, it is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, like brothers, this is this is like these bro, are workers. Raymond Green, bro, they just won a fucking title together. Like, Dude, the, but they've I, only I known each it, other for two years, and they're yeah, like, like you and Jordan grew up yeah. together. That's a different yeah, thing. Yeah, but f when you spend every waking minute of like an entire like what this NBA season's seven months, seven months. You spend every and they actually went to the finals, so eight months. If you have eight months of like being with each other every single fucking day, I think that's a brotherhood. Regardless, uh, you know, guys can get really close, and, and the NBA is just honestly one big brotherhood. So for Curry to say it's not that big of a deal, and and he obviously apologized, and there's no lingering feelings towards that. I think it's going to be fine, but I just think Draymond Green's role on the Warriors, he can see it dwindling, and he can see it disintegrating. So that's why I think that there's this you know, pent up aggression. I don't think it was all the comments. I think that's a lot, um, or sorry, I don't think it's all the comments that Jordan Poole made that made Draymond punch him. I think it's just a lot of 
oh, Poole has come becoming this new third guy. You know, it used to be me, Steph, and Clay. Now it's Poole, Steph, and Clay. Like, there's just something in Draymond that's that's like he's kind of his role is slipping, and so I think he tries to just assert himself a little bit. Yeah. KD and Draymond won a title together, and Draymond got is the reason that KD left that team. And now there's no bad blood between them. Yeah, but they let he left the team, Butsy. Like I that that could be an issue, and I don't think, I don't they're just think workers. Be, I don't think it's like an overarching issue that they're gonna have like throughout the season. But you're gonna see some like spats throughout yeah. games that are gonna be like more intense than usual. And, they go and, at it. They've went yeah. at it last year before. Yeah, and I think especially we've seen like how bad Draymond was last year. If Draymond plays bad, it, yeah. like, he's gone. It's over. That's yeah. that's what I think is going to happen. I think, you look I think at, it's more than they're just like workers. They're not just, I understand that the NBA is a business, but they're not just employees. Like these guys fucking, no, I think spend like Christmas together, they spend Thanksgiving, they spend like, holidays with each other's families for crying out loud. Not all of them do though. Like I don't think Poole and, his, and Draymond are hanging out. Like, no, but Jay- I'm saying Jalen Brown do. and Jason Tatum don't hang out. Like that's been a narrative. Like they're friends, they're friendly, but they don't hang out with each other. That's been like a narrative like that they've had to address in the media. I don't think just because you're on the same team means that you guys are like necessarily best friends like you and Jordan would be. Like I think they've gone at each other always. There was that clip last year of Draymond absolutely screaming at Jordan Poole on the bench. They that went viral a while ago. And I think when you look at it as a singular punch and a singular incident without all the like side factors it's not that big of a deal but you're talking about an aging star who you know wants a max deal but is not worth it he's not good anymore like he's not as good as he used to be um he's declining and he has a history of being very volatile on this bench and in this team i don't know like and they have to make a decision is the thing like if you have to cut you i mean get rid of wiggins or pool or draymond like the Warriors want to win. They're going to get rid of the worst player, I think. So so then I, I think your question is framed a little different. Like the one incident, I agree with Jordan. I don't think it has that much weight. But I think the bigger overarching problem is Draymond's attitude and his play. So yeah. like if you ask the question, like the storyline, Draymond's punch, I'm like, oh, it's like really not that big. Well, the storyline is Draymond. <laughs> if the storyline's Draymond, then I personally think he's got to fucking go. Yeah, if I you're think the Warriors. So I think you. I think you get rid of him. He's not good. He's clearly causing problems, and it's not just the one punch. It's like you guys have said all season, whatever. Um, but the biggest factor is he's not fucking good. Like yeah. you can talk, you can fucking command a team if you're putting up LeBron numbers, but if you're putting up Draymond numbers, which is what seven, two, and one in an NBA Finals game, like like he had like I think a four or five they benched point him. game in the NBA Finals. He got benched. Like he's not good anymore. So you can't fucking expect guys to put you on a pedestal and respect the shit out of you when you suck now. So yeah. It's not going to happen. And also all those guys that he's trying to get respect from are NBA champions as well. They were all on that team last year. And you know, that, that comes with some fucking dick swinging. Like you, like Jordan Poole is going to think that his opinion is a little bit uh, more important than he did last year because he came in like, and he was young and he didn't really have that great of a background of playing in the G league and all that. He's an NBA champion now and he played meaningful minutes. So he's going to have more, more like willingness to stand up to Draymond. That's going to cause tension. Um, the thing that's important is if the Warriors are going to decide halfway through, like maybe another spat happens, maybe Draymond sucks. They're like, all right, we're shipping this guy out. Another storyline that comes from that is where does he go? Because the way he gets to Detroit is by signing. And that means that the Warriors just let him walk without gaining any assets. They're not, they're a smart basketball franchise. They're not going to let Draymond walk without getting any assets. And so that means he's going to most likely be flipped. So I mean, like, where do you guys see him ending up? 
Butsy? So I don't really know right now because I don't he can kind of fit in a lot of places. Uh, I think wherever he goes, he can fit. But it's the matter of what team is good enough that his role is going to be utilized well. Like if yeah. he goes to a bad team, he's not going to make that team better. But if he goes to a decent team or a really good team, okay, then maybe you can say he has some value, whether it's on defense, whether it's a whole new, he comes in with a whole new fresh mindset, like who knows? But I don't, the the Warriors are incredibly run. Their GM has has played his cards perfectly and has created a dynasty. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I actually, you know what? Fuck it. I have no fucking clue where he's going to go. Uh, Jordan? Yeah, there's not like a whole lot of places he could have a big impact. I think maybe maybe the Mavs could use him. Oh, I like um, that. But then again, like Luca demands a ball so much that like maybe not. Uh I could see maybe the Nets, like another version yeah. of Ben Simmons, but you don't want to have Simmons and Draymond. Or Kevin Durant think, and Draymond. Yeah, true. I, I don't think there's a whole lot of places. Um maybe the Heat. I I think the Heat would yeah. be a, spot for him they uh, um, oh sorry go ahead but i don't i don't know if i see the heat like trading for him i i just i don't i don't know what his value is if he comes out this year and puts up horrible numbers and doesn't impact games yeah and what I think, team is gonna what team's gonna want him that's what right i'm now. saying yeah. i know like, the lakers what, are interested what, but why they're okay lebron they're is terrible. just gonna lebron is just gonna assemble like a team that would have been fucking disgusting like five years ago. Yeah. And they're just going to get hurt and miss the playoffs every single fucking year. Only reason they won was because of bubble. Um, But I don't like Draymond. I think he sucks. And I don't, but I do think the Warriors will do him justice. Whatever happens. They, I think they will show him respect for either a trade or a sign and trade or whatever it may be. I do think they'll give him the respect that he uh, has shown to this or has given to this franchise for so long. Are we just gonna breeze by the the only reason they won was the bubble? Or are we just gonna <laughs> are we just moving on? Have it save it for another day. What? Wait, what? Uh, the only reason the Lakers won was because of the bubble. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Everyone knows. Oh that. my god, Everyone knows you that. guys are idiots. Everyone agrees dude. on that. Oh, TJ Warren was averaging fifty two a game, and he hasn't been able oh, to do that ever since. All right, all right, let's move on. Jamal Murray. What? Are you gonna he... tell me if those guys had to full, play a full eighty two yeah. game season that Anthony Davis wouldn't have gotten hurt? Is that why the Heat were good that year? Was the bubble? The heat were good every year. Exactly. So, did the bubble change how well the Heat were? I mean, you were playing it. Also, this was like a lesser. Bro, the teams it, were not nearly as stacked. They the fact that you could take a break off of basketball for that long basically had an, like a what? How long was the break? I forget how long the break was. I don't even remember. Month it and was, a half. Month it was and a half. A long two months. Time. Yeah. The fact that Anthony Davis could sit in an ice bath, ice bath for two months, and then go play basketball. He like that. That was like an off season for him. He needed that because he has not played a full eighty-two game season, basically ever since I can remember. Yeah. So Jordan I don't think like a Lakers I fan. Bullshit. I don't think he would. I don't oh, think he would have been healthy. He would have been healthy for that finals run if COVID had never happened. I'm a but Celtics fan. Nevertheless, I'm never nevertheless, a nevertheless, Lakers nevertheless, nevertheless, they won them in the West. Huh? Who was? Who, who was going to beat them in the West? I don't know. I'm a Celtics fan. I'm never no going to give them no any. One was gonna beat them. They I'm were never giving them benefit of the doubt. Is what I'm saying. Roster and LeBron was out of his mind, and AD was playing. Great. Your argument's oh, fair. I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. They're the fucking Lakers. I'm never going to give them any benefit of the doubt. It, they could have. You have to be an objective sports podcaster, Max. That's not fair. I mean, when it comes to, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I, I fucking hate the Lakers. Yeah, no, it was a 
it was a win. Like they won the title. That's what you yeah, said. Yeah, they won. To do. They, at fine. the end of the day, they won. Not like they won the title. That's a fact. They won it in bubble circumstances. There's nothing really. We, the thing is, it's an unknown because Jordan, you can't admit you. You have to admit that. Um, when all the a, a lot of players come out saying they're dealing with anxiety and stuff, when you're able to play in a fucking empty gym, that alleviates a lot of that. You're getting a lot of guys that play a lot better. To be fair, I was uh, I was one of the fans uh, in the Celtics playoff run against the Sixers. I was I was on the um on on the wall. You could have seen. Fair me. to what? But- also, the Suns could have won that year. Um. All right, let's move on. Let's move no, on to no, no, there was no the Suns was not would not have won. It would also by by the way, one last thing. The Heat were good because Jimmy Butler was banging Rachel Nichols. <laughs> okay. All right. Next one. We're moving on. Okay. Um NBA bold predictions. Jordan, go first. All right. Um, my bold prediction. I love this prediction. It's not even bold. I think this is gonna happen. The Clippers are gonna win the NBA finals. The Cavs will finish with the best record in the league. Yeah. Whoa! That, what do you mean? That's not a bold prediction, dude. Well, no, it's bold, but that's why it is a bold prediction. You fuck. Um, you just said it's not even a bold shut prediction. Up. It's my bold prediction. It, we're doing a bold prediction segment. Let me. Have I know it. you okay. did it. Okay. You're. I. No one loves you. Um, I'm gonna clip this and send you the audio. You saying <laughs> this is not a bold prediction. <laughs> you know what I meant. They the cat. Let me talk about the Cavs, you. dude. The Cavs are young, hungry. They don't need to load manage. They can play heavy minutes, high quality minutes without getting tired. That is what you need in the regular season. Uh, I also think this is Mobley's breakout year. That's the main reason I'm, I'm going with this take. I think Mobley's going to go absolutely nuts. I think he's going to be in the race for Depoy. Um, and I think he'll make the all-star team. And then also they, they just picked up Donovan Mitchell. I think Garland and Mitchell are going to make it work way faster than you think. And Garland like might lead the league in assists. And I mean, the, the biggest problem Garland and Mitchell have is their defense. And then you look at the other three guys that are starting alongside them. It's Jarrett Allen, Isaac Okoro, and Evan Mobley. I think those three, their defense more than makes up for Mitchell and Garland's lack of defense. And I think this team, if they can stay healthy, I don't see why they can't finish one in the East. The only thing like, I like that a lot, actually, I really, really like that reasoning. I like the Cavs. The only thing that I think I I'm a little worried about is one the Bucks. I think they're just coming in so hungry, um, and like they're they're just going to be pissed off that everyone's kind of been writing them out, and they need to get Chris Middleton some play um, in order to get him back in the swing of things. So I think that could uh, be a little bit difficult to get over. But and then you're going to have like teams like the Celtics that are trying to work it out, but they're not going to go like balls to the wall every day like the like the Cavs will. So I do like your reasoning. I agree that that is a bold prediction. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I think they're going to win. Um, I could see them winning their maybe their division, but I'm not sure if they're going to have the number one um, record in the NBA. But that's a great bold prediction. Well, that's bold. Um, all right. My bold prediction is that similar to Jordan's, but not not quite as bold, is um, that the Pelicans are going to win their division. The reason this is bold is their division is the Mavericks, Rockets, Spurs, and Grizzlies in it. Um, the Grizz are super good, but it only takes one weird jaw landing or a rolled jaw ankle. And then uh, triple J he's not coming back for a while. Maybe he, uh, you know, gets, gets a setback in his injuries and that kind of takes the, the Grizz out of the running. They're going to have to rehab a little bit. I think the Pelicans, they have great depth. Um, I just want to read through their roster real quick. Jose Alvarado. I love that man. He's fucking awesome. Uh, Zylan Cheatham. Don't really know who that is. Dyson Daniels was a great pick. 
Um, Devontae Graham's a great pick or a great player. Jackson Hayes has been showing some flashes. I believe he's in a contract year, so he's going to want to show out a little bit. Willie Hernan Gomez looked really solid so far as a, as a nice backup big. Brandon Ingram is obviously amazing. Herb Jones, we've talked about on this episode. Kira Lewis, I don't know. Najee Marshall, don't really know him. Same with Kellen Martin. Um, CJ McCollum, very great. Like, just he's he has the experience. He's gone very deep playoff runs with Dame. Um, he's a great asset for this team. Trey Murphy the third is a nice shooter, shooting guard out of Virginia. Um, Larry Nance Jr., great defender. And then um obviously Garrett Temple is really good. Jonas Valanciunas is a great starting center. Like I'm I like him. I mean, he's serviceable, not great. And then uh Zion Williamson uh has been looking like the Zion that he did before he got injured. And that's one of the most scary and just most different NBA players that we have. So I think they can make a really deep run. Jordan. Yeah, I was gonna say the the big piece of this is Zion staying healthy because if yeah. he can play like I don't know. 70 games like there's no reason why they can't uh finish higher than the Mavs and the the Grizzlies yeah uh, especially like like I think B.I. is gonna have another big year take yeah. another step and if him and Zion are are playing to their potential there is no like they have no ceiling it's they're gonna be ridiculous yeah let's see do you have a bold prediction I do I do have a hot take and a bold prediction I think the New York Knicks are gonna miss the playoffs Ooh, I like that I do. Uh, I I think they're going to miss the playoffs just because at the end of the day, I Wait, think they're going to just nix them. Is playoff miss playoffs. Do you consider that play? Uh, no, I'll, I because I don't think they're that bad. I don't think they're going to miss a play in. I think they're playing, but I think they'll. I think they'll lose in the plan. Is, okay. is my prediction. Yeah. Losing like the plan is my prediction. I like that. I think at the end of the day, they're going to nix themselves. Nice. Um, they're going to run themselves into the ground at some point. Thibodeau's always been one to obviously run the fuck out of his starters. Um, and we see that they always get off to hot starts because their starters playing a certain amount of minutes and are healthy. And then towards back half of the season, like we saw literally last year, um, after the all-star break, they were one of the worst teams in the NBA. Um, RJ Baird hit that buzzer beater against the Celtics in New York. Pain. And then we went like this. We went fucking absurdly up. We finished with the best record in the NBA and they were horrible. So I, I could see this team missing the playoffs. Um, Jalen Brunson was their big move this summer. Their starting five is is on paper. It's great. It's it's Brunson, Barrett, Randall, Fournier, and Robinson. I hate Julius Randall. I think he sucks. Me I think too. he's gonna be a big reason why this team is gonna decline. Um, they have. I don't think they have any kind of cohesion or any kind of team chemistry to the point where it's like, oh, I can see this working, or I can really see this team uh, having great chemistry and flowing and and getting somewhere. So I, I at the end of the day, by the end of the season, I think this team is gonna run themselves into the ground and, and miss the playoffs. Great pick. Um, I second this pick. Um, I liked the Brunson pickup, but I think like they could have done more. Um, it doesn't do like much for him. It's like Brunson's really good, but he's not like I don't think that he's a fucking you know superstar or somebody that's gonna elevate your team to the next level. Like you still need other guys like Randall. Yeah, he's what, not what's number your one big, on a what's your what's your one two punch? Randall Barrett, like or sorry, uh, Brunson Barrett, like that's not. That's not enough, and especially in the East. The East is fucking loaded. I mean, yeah. Celtics, Bucks, Raptors, Heat, Cavs, Sixers, Hawks, yeah. Nets, Sixers. Like the the East is so goddamn good. Uh, I I think the Knicks will lose uh, in the playing game. Yeah, not a bad pick at all. Um, my next uh, bold prediction is that the the Suns are going to implode. Um. I think you start off, Jay Crowder is asking to be traded. He's a huge piece for them. Um, 
Aiton and Monty Williams just haven't really talked since the finals. Um, and they talked to him at media day and they're like, DeAndre, how do you feel that the Suns match your offer for the from the Pacers and now you're still here? And he's like, I'm so happy about it. He said it like that. Like he seems to be a little pissy. He has no incentive to play now, play as good as before because last year was a contract year. He was definitely playing for a contract. Um, there's been lots of stories that Devin Booker and Chris Paul are on his ass to get into the gym a lot and to stop playing as many video games as he does. Um, if a guy like that doesn't have an incentive to play, he's in a city that he's not happy with being, he tried to leave. Like, what are you going to get out of him? Um, Chris Paul is another year older and he keeps getting beat up. And it seems like he had a shoulder injury that's been coming out um, in the playoffs. And that's why they sort of imploded. Robert Sarver is going to have to sell this team like in the middle of this year right now due to his, uh, investigation and scandal. Um, there's a lot Fucking of bad scumbag. vibes. Scumbag, yeah. There's a lot of bad vibes coming out of this Suns organization. And I think um, Jay Crowder is that little canary that they put in the cave to, to see if everything's okay. He's flying away, dude. He's trying to leave, and that's a bad sign. Like, that guy's a pretty loyal guy. And, um, yeah, I mean, you. I don't know if he's leaving because he's getting, like, returned to a bench role or if he's leaving because um, this this – team's going to implode but i'm not i'm not i don't have very high hopes for the suns um and yeah i just don't think they're going to be very good and i think something's going to happen um very soon so you don't think they're even going to be good like in the regular season i don't think they're going to be like i think and I, I mean so the west is pretty weak i mean not weak the west is like it's weird the west is like weaker, kind of weaker. it's top heavy so but it's also got some of the worst teams so they're going to get like these nights where they're playing the spurs and like um portland stuff like that so they're gonna i don't know how bad they'll be in the regular season but i'm by imploding i'm thinking it's gonna be one of those um playoff implosions that they are now chris paul himself is really known for um they barely made it out of that round against the pelicans and like the pelicans got better so i just think that they're gonna be surprising in the playoffs surprisingly bad i don't yeah i don't disagree with that at all i think it's gonna be pretty similar to last season in terms of they'll have a good regular season. I don't expect 64 wins again, no. but I think they'll be a top three, top four seed, and then they'll probably get upset in the playoffs again. And then, yeah, I, I won't be surprised, like, if Aiton leaves, Chris Paul, like, whatever happens, happens from there. Um, my next one is uh, I think Joel Embiid is going to demand a trade after this season. Really? Uh, it's a bold It's a bold prediction, I know. No, it is. Uh, yeah, sorry. That's um you really Embiid. understood this assignment, J.D. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Embiid, he's had uh, his fair share of, of bad teammates and also poor front office decisions. I think the the move to get rid of Jimmy Butler really hurt the Sixers. Um, if they had kept Jimmy Butler, they could uh, they could still be, you know, the, the favorite going into this year. But they decided to get rid of him. Um, and then, you know, Ben Simmons obviously blew up in the playoffs. That wasn't good. Embiid was not happy with that. Then Harden, obviously, last year underperformed, not happy with that. If Harden has a bad year again, and like we're saying, this is a stacked Eastern Conference. Like, if they lose in the second round, why why would Embiid want to stay there? Especially if you see Harden is, has lost a step and isn't that same player, and they're not able to surround Embiid with other stars and enough to – to get them to be potential contenders. Like I could see Embiid wanting out. I don't know. You know, this is a long, long ways away there. And a lot of stuff has to go wrong, but I I don't think it's out of the question. 
I think it's safe to say the Sixers have fucked up this Embiid thing. Um, I think Jordan, to allude what you were saying, if they haven't traded, if they never traded Jimmy Butler, I think that's a really high possibility they could have won a ring by now. Um, but nevertheless, Jimmy is Jimmy's a great fit in Miami. But you know, Embiid is is you kind of you do what Embiid wants at the end of the day. If that's going to be your superstar, you're going to listen to him. And the front office has just chosen to neglect that uh, and continue to make poor decisions. Um, and, and it's kind of disappointing because I mean, I actually fucking hate the Sixers, so it's great for me. But as an objective basketball fan, like it's kind of sad to see Embiid, who arguably could have had two MVPs by now if he stayed healthy, uh, like not really have a real chance at ever winning a title. Um, so I think this year is a big bank on Harden. Um, but I, I think Harden will be better this year. There's a lot of talk of him uh, and a lot of buzz about him being better. So we'll see about that. But if if this year goes poorly, Jordan, I think you hit the nail on the head. He's he's going to want to be gone. But I could also see a situation where the Sixers bring in somebody else or fire Doc and bring in a new head coach and, and try something else. But I don't know if Embiid will be fed up with that uh, enough to ask for a trade or if he's just going to keep going with the bullshit. Um, so, okay, if they're bad, I think I agree, I agree with you, Jordan, that he might ask for the trade. That being said, I don't I think they're going to be really good. I actually placed a bet on them to win um, the East and win the uh, finals or win the the fucking championship this year. The finals. They, yeah, you, you got yeah, it. Same thing um, They're. I think they're going to be really, really good. And the public actually believes this, too. Like they're pretty juiced up um, on both. They're over for their games one and on the finals uh pick they they added a lot of really good pieces that pj tucker signing was really good for them if james harden he has a year where it seems like he's lost weight and he look he's looking better um i think he's gonna be great i really love tyrese maxi i he's an he's a player he could honestly i mean all it's gonna be hard to crack an all-star team in the east because of how deep it is but he's gonna be like i think he could be on an all nba team maybe or crack an all-star game i know that's Maybe a little far fetched, but he is so fucking good. He's a great compliment to what they're trying to do. Uh, um, they they have a lot of players, and I think that this is the year for Philly to be successful. Unfortunately, as much as I hate Philly, and I'm really afraid of them. Um, and a lot of the sharp betters are on their over, and a, there's been a lot of positive Philly talk. The vibes are good coming out of there. So I think like if it is really bad and they do fire Doc, I could see Joel Embiid walking, but I just don't think it's going to be bad. Like I think they're going to be really good. But Boston owns Philly first and foremost. I have one more. I have one more bold prediction, and it's another playoff one. The Minnesota Timberwolves are gonna miss the playoffs. <laughs> I like this one. I don't like Minnesota. I have two, two of them now. Uh, in it's for different reasons. I think the Rudy Gobert trade could go down as one of the worst trades in NBA history. A for million this percent agree. A million. Percent. Um, Bringing in Gobert and pairing him with Carl Anthony Towns, like, what are you trying to accomplish? We obviously, like, he can't win in the playoffs. We, he's shown that he's a liability on the floor in the playoffs. Um, I'm not in love with D'Angelo Russell. I think Carl Anthony Towns is solid, but I'm not in love with D'Angelo Russell. Um, they have a few other okay pieces, but it's just like, uh, you know, but Anth- I mean, Anthony Edwards is fucking disgusting. Love him. But for the rest of the, uh, for the rest of the team, like, they're, I don't know how they're going to work together. Uh, I think spacing is going to be a major issue for this team this season. Uh, having two seven uh, is cat seven feet. Yeah, cat seven feet. Cat seven. Yeah. So they got two seven footers. Uh, <laughs> one likes to obviously he won the three pointer contest can stretch the perimeter, but it's like their pace is going to be bad. They're going to be a slow team. 
Um, and I don't know how they're going to keep up with these other teams in the West. I mean, the West is a little weaker, um, but I, I still think they'll lose in the playoff game. I don't think they will be one of the eight teams uh, come the playoffs. I just think that there's they got too much shit going on, too much height, um, not a lot of cohesiveness. I mean, adding that piece is 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 a major addition, um, but I, I think they're going to miss the playoffs. So here's my question for Butsy: is we're looking at the West here. I'm going through it. I counted seven teams that I think are better than the T-Wolves. I just – I don't know who who's going to make it over them. Like, they, they have enough ta- – like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so – Especially with Edwards. Like, I, this is another big year for Edwards to continue to improve. I just want to know who you think is, is going to be the eight because I, I see the T-Wolves making it. I know this is bold predictions, obviously. All right, here we go. Uh, bold prediction, obviously. Uh, I got the Suns. I got the Grizzlies. I got the Warriors, I got the Mavericks, I got the Nuggets, I have the Clippers, I have the Pelicans, I have the Lakers if they stay healthy. Uh, and then you know what? My sneaky thirteen or my sneaky team is gonna be the Blazers. If you get a full season of Dame, yeah, if they're healthy, I think they could be an eight seed. Full season of Dame, no problem. And then uh, I'm gonna throw. Um, I'm not gonna say the Kings are gonna be better, but I think that the Kings are gonna have a positive season this I year. Like, I think they're really gonna have a different. Yeah, you like that? I think they're gonna have a really good season compared to years past. Um, Keegan Murray's looked really good in the preseason. He's been shooting well. Um, you know, this team, this team is 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 gonna change the identity of Sacramento, but that's another talk for another time. But I think they're gonna be fighting with like the Kings and the Blazers and maybe a banged up Lakers team uh for that last eight seed. Yeah. Um, um I really like the, time. I like the Kings to um either like I I like I think they're gonna win a play-in game and make it into the playoffs this year. Um, but yeah, those are great bold predictions. Um I'm really excited to see how this NBA season start like goes. It's I fucking love the NBA. I know you guys do too. Um, I've been watching a ton of hockey and NFL, but I've really just been yearning for the true love of my life, the NBA. Um, with that being said, we are. I just wanted to shout out ourselves. We are now uh, we're charting right now on the MMA charts for Spotify. We're ranked 51st. Um, that's pretty awesome. Like they only give you out, they only show the top 70. So good for us. Um, Please check out, we have a bunch of new shows and a bunch of shows that I've been posting regularly. The Couch, obviously, that me, Jordan, Butsy do once a Ooh. week. The Bench Warmers with um, Steven, Cam, and Austin. They talk Shout fantasy and, and NFL. That's an awesome show. We have a new show, probably one of the most put together and professional shows on our feed right now. That's the Stick and Puck. They're talking NHL. So if you love Chell, go check that out. Uppercut, where we're talking UFC. We're interviewing UFC fighters. If you want to talk about fighting and review cards, check that one out. We got the NBA, um, the Boston three party. That's going to be starting back up once the NBA season starts going. And yeah, we got a lot of great stuff coming out. So please check it out. Um, Please leave five-star review. And yeah, thank you all for listening. And we will be back next week. Yeah, shawty, what's up with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it up. It out. She, nobody kidding, fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up with y'all. But shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by, oh yeah. Think I won the lotto. This little mulatto, she could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. Yeah, this little mulatto, she yeah. could be a model. Yeah. She wanna show me some. Yeah.